Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. And with us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Dr. Paul, Happy New Year to you. <laughs> it's great to be back. This is our first show of 2023. We took a week off. Did you enjoy your week off? Were you uh, <laughs> yeah, relaxing? Yeah, I take a week off very often, but I, at the end of the week, I said, you know, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. And I noticed not a lot of people, our staff came back. Yeah. Around the country, a lot of people didn't come back today. They're still, they're still out. Yeah, we decided to come back a little bit early because there's a lot going on. In fact, we have a race for the speaker. The house is going to change hands tomorrow. Maybe not a lot of people are awfully excited about it, but there is a lot to think about. You, you know, you don't have to be a member of Congress to be speaker. That's right. That's and, what I uh, heard. But they called. They yeah. called and asked me about it. I said, I don't think it's a very good idea. I don't like to travel back and forth. But they have remote voting now. You could just sit in your living room <laughs> yeah. and be the speaker. You just need to gather. Maybe we should do it from this table here. This is what you should be doing. Make the announcement right from the Liberty Report. Send me the gavel. <laughs> well, anyway, <clears throat> there's... Uh, there's a fuss going on, so uh, what do we have at store? Yeah, let's put it up now. There's a real question as to whether McCarthy <laughs> is going to get that vote. He's, um, he's got 222, we can put up that first one. Here we go. He's got 222 Republican members uh, on the House side, and he needs 218 votes on that. So he's got a very, very small margin of people who are not happy with the fact that he has been known as a mainstream Republican. He's been known as someone who makes a lot of deals. He's also been known among the more conservative members as someone who they believe has Trump derangement syndrome, a very, very anti-Trump. So there is a real mini rebellion going on. And there's a question as to whether he'll get it on the first round or whether he'll get it at all. Obviously, no Democrat is going to vote for him. And this gives a lot of leverage, Dr. Paul, to uh, groups like the Freedom Caucus and other more conservative members of the House to make some demands before they right. make their vote tomorrow. Well, um, somebody asked me, what, what would I be doing about this? Probably not a whole lot, uh -huh. <laughs> because I never got excited about these elections. Uh, not that there wasn't some difference, but I, I'm looking for a different type of difference. I'm looking, uh, are they interventionist? And all of these very good people are good on economic policy, but they might be lousy on foreign policy. Yeah. And some of them might be pretty good on spending, but they don't care about the Federal Reserve, this sort of thing. So I didn't see this the place for my fight. So I did, didn't strike it out, became personality fights, and we, you, you still had to do a lot of trading. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that. So I, I generally steered, steered away from uh, these, these types of, of battles. But uh, it, it, it is something, though, that is pretty important long term. But, uh, you know, under the conditions up there today where the Republicans really didn't do quite as well as they thought they were going to do, it would have been a, a completely different situation if it had a, a few extra votes. So, uh, you know, McCarthy has a job on his hand. Yeah. And uh, if it's rocky now before it gets started, it's going to stay that way. Because if they get into issues and there is allowed to have more uh, individuality from the floor, uh, the Democrats get to use that too. And uh, it, it, I think it's going to see a lot of longer sessions. But uh, the big picture for me is, will they cut spending? Will there be a less increase in the deficit? 
Are we going to eliminate a, a regulation? Yeah. Are we going to bring one soldier home? Or are we going to continue to send our FBI and CIA around <laughs> the world? I see the CIAs uh, in Russia right now. Yeah, yeah that's really Good what luck. I think is a great idea. But there's not that, yeah, that that's not what they're talking about. Uh, so that's why I cannot get excited about it. But uh, the strongest argument they have for M McCarthy, if they sort of uh, lean in my direction, would, would be that, uh, uh, you know, a vote against uh, McCarthy has to be interpreted as a, as a vote for Biden. Biden gets a pass on it and the Democrats get, get a pass. So th there, is, uh, there is something involved there, but uh, I, I probably am always inclined to look at the big picture of what are they violating. And then if you narrow it down uh, and you do a test on uh, these people, what percentage of the time all of them would be uh, purists with on, on the Constitution. Thomas Massey's the only one that I can yeah. get excited about, you know, in, in the House. A few others are good, but, oh, yeah. but I mean, uh, to, to really go to the mat and think that's going to improve things, because I can't see how it's a, that everything gets patched up over there, all this angling, because it isn't there. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the financial system is bankrupt. There's a moral bankruptcy yeah. involved, and, and there's a political bankruptcy in the sense that Congress is just run out of any yeah. controls at all. So I, uh, I'm rather pessimistic to think that, uh, well, uh, if, if uh, McCarthy is, is uh, you know, capable, ends up getting his votes and wins on the first ballot, which a lot of people aren't predicting, yeah. if that happened, you know, I wouldn't say, wow. Yeah. Now we can sleep better. <laughs> it just isn't that way. It's a, interventionism is uh, is a very bad disease in Washington, and no matter how hard people try to, uh, you know, be more uh, attuned to the Constitution, uh, the, the obstacles are just horrendous. I don't think anyone would argue that McCarthy provided a bold vision for his leadership of the House. You know, and for all of his faults, we've talked about this before on the show. For all of his faults, Newt Gingrich in the mid-90s, he presented a real clear vision. Now, they probably didn't get most of the stuff done they said, but they presented a real clear vision that people could latch onto, and that's why they rode into the House. And I think that inspired you to come back into the House. So that's, that's how good it was. It got you out of Lake Jackson. Um, the other thing is, okay, you know, I think the Democrats knew that Pelosi has been weak for a while. Um, but they rallied the wagons. They circled the wagons and said, look, we don't, this is not a fight we need. We've got an agenda to do. And so the Republicans bickering about this, you can make an argument, will weaken them overall. But here are some of those that are in opposition. Uh, and as you say, for the most part, there's some good things about these guys. They speak out pretty well. Let's look up uh, this next one. Now, here's Matt Gates from Florida, who's very outspoken and on many things quite good. He said, I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy for speaker because he's just a shill of the establishment. The reason most of my Republican colleagues are supporting him is because they benefit from the redistribution of lobbyists and special interest money from McCarthy to their campaigns. That's a pretty strong statement. He is not going to be getting any warm fuzzies if <laughs> McCarthy is speaker. Let's look at the next one. Andy Biggs from uh, Arizona, a decent guy, uh, makes a lot of good points. He says, I don't see any scenario where I'd support Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker. McCarthy has a track record of cutting backdoor deals with the Democrats. So there are two that have been very outspoken. 
uh, about this. And I think McCarthy understands that he's in a difficult position. So he started to make some concessions. And we saw a piece this morning on Zero Hedge. Of course, very good, as usual there. And I guess the first thing he said on a conference call is that he would be willing to lower the threshold by which rank-and-file members can vote to depose the, the, the speaker. Uh, and so that would be five members could get together and take a vote of the House, call for a vote of the House, a confidence vote. That's a lot of leverage to, to members. What, what if my cynicism is justified, <laughs> you know, and that, that, that the fight isn't there, not much will change, and there's too much power behind the Federal Reserve and foreign interventionism, all this nonsense. They're not going to quit spending. The deficit is <laughs> going to explode. They can't stop it because it's, it's locked in place. If that's reasonably uh, accurate, uh, then what, what good can come of this? What about, what about a, a negative could be turned into a good stalemate? Yeah. You know, is stalemate worse than uh, you know, the other stuff? Or will that, would that impede the powerful Republican caucus now to change things? Even when they had the votes, they had the 60 new votes for yeah. 1980 or something. And, and, and nothing changed. And, and uh, even, when they, we, we, even when they had a Republican president, nothing really changed. So uh, uh, slowing them up isn't too bad of an idea, but uh, that's, uh, that's almost, uh, uh, you know, blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. Well, here are reportedly some of the concerns with the, um, the House Freedom Caucus. Now, that's not like the old Liberty Caucus you had, but it uh, contains some conservatives and some decent folks. Here apparently is what they want. Let's put this up. There's, these are the reforms that they want. Among the unacknowledged demands, conservatives want a commitment that House leadership will not work to defeat them in primary in party primaries. Okay. Meanwhile, the Freedom Caucus has asked for rule changes that include, and there are four of them, broader membership in the group that doles out committee assignments, allowing committee members to choose their own chairs, allowing amendments from the floor, and being given five days to review legislation before voting on it. Those to me don't seem uh, unreasonable. You know, we've watched from the sidelines for a number of years, Dr. Paul, I guess about 10 years, we've watched power being so concentrated in a small group of leadership mm -hmm. to the point where members themselves, they have no power at all. That's why they're always mouthing off everywhere. They don't have no work to do. Yeah, it, it, it boiled down and I understood it and uh, getting upset didn't help that much. But I thought there was still a role to play to point out their infractions. <laughs> you know, if they are doing this and it's just a way to hide the Constitution, trying to emphasize this. And uh, you say, look, these guys are politicians. <laughs> You're going to go and change Pelosi on a, on a position? No, they're locked in on, on, on the politics of it. But that doesn't mean all of them did, because I was always so pleased there, because I don't believe in uh, overly pressuring people, thinking I'm going to have influence, you do this and that. <laughs> but very often, individuals, and that always pleased me the, the most, is when an individual would catch me sitting by myself, and the, the vote out there was, uh, uh, you know, 301. Why did you do that? But it was a sincere question. Yeah. Why did you vote that way? And, and a few of them would pay attention. And I put that in a category of what really has to happen because nothing ever changes uh, of the big picture. Does the foreign policy change? Does the monetary policy change? 
Does the attitude about deficits change? It, it just isn't that way, even though the people we're hearing from right now, I believe, they're, I believe what they're saying and they're willing to take a stand and even uh, risk their political career by standing, standing for something. But uh, the way the system works and the more I look at what's happening, probably Congress, uh, I'm getting to a point, I, I don't know whether this is extremism or what. <laughs> I, I, I think the Congress is irrelevant. You know, yeah, yeah. I, you, you know, what's going on in the behind the scenes? You know, I mentioned already that I'm annoyed because uh, I think the, F the CIA's in, in Russia right now and all that kind of stuff. Do you think Congress even knows about it? Yeah, or you wants know? to know. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And here we are. We've been in another war. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we finally get the people in, in charge who are the peaceniks. What do you mean, peaceniks? That's what they were when I was in the military. They were, in the 60s, they were the peaceniks. And now they're out there starting wars faster than the Republicans can start. So it's a whole year now that we have done that. And what was the announcement today? Uh, you, you know, the presidents of the two countries and the NATO, we're not budging one inch. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what has to change is these attitudes. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you about this interesting is one of these concessions they demand allowing committee members to choose their own chairs. I don't think most people, and this maybe sounds like insider baseball, I don't think most people understand how committee chairmen are chosen. There's not a single criteria. You know this much better than I did because you fought for a while to get a subcommittee chair, even though you were well qualified on paper in terms of terms. But I heard a terrible rumor that the leadership sometimes uses these chairmanships as an excuse to squeeze money out of members. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> Don't say it too loud. The people will become suspicious and turn against the government. <laughs> no, no I, I, I used to have a number. If you become a committee chairman of these certain committees, uh, you know, it might be, it's probably inflated now, three, four, five million dollars, and then you, then you qualify, then you're elected by the uh, executive committee, which is, a, you know, a small, a small number of people. So that's, that's, that's the way it works. And, uh, if uh, if you don't play the game, uh -huh. you're, you're not even uh, qualified. So uh, that's interesting. Qualification comes with playing by the ball. <laughs> play ball. <laughs> the one way when they're trying to persuade Swayze, so I'd, I'd sit and watch how they needed two more Republican votes to keep this bill going, and the, and they go on and on and, and they work up the ladder on the, the people who have the political power, and then finally. They'll get the speaker to come down and sit down there, and I'd be close up with him. Tell him, he says, "Do you want to be a team player or not?" It was a team player, and, and they all use the same term because if you were a team player, you were you were Satan. <laughs> yeah. If you want leadership, you got to follow. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's one firebrand who is uh, marching to a different beat than the other conservatives. Let's look this up. We've talked a lot about Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sure there's plenty of bad stuff about her, but I, I kind of admire her because she does think for herself up there. Now, she is very, very out in the open in favor of Kevin McCarthy for speaker. She has endorsed him, and she says she will vote for him, and a lot of people were surprised about that. And we can go to the next one. Here's a piece she wrote in, uh, I think it was The Hill. Uh, no, no, it was uh, Daily Caller, yes. Rep Marjorie Taylor Greene, if Republicans want to get things done, there's only one choice for House Speaker. And you might say, come on, this guy's not going to get anything done. But I read the article, and she does make a couple good points. I'm just going to go over them really quickly, if we can go to this next one. Um, she makes a good point, that there really isn't anyone else running for speaker. She says, no, Jim Jordan is not running. 
He's endorsed McCarthy. He's preparing to leave the Judiciary Committee as chairman exactly where we need him to be. Jim Jordan will lead the charge to rip apart the corrupt Department of Justice and FBI. That sounds good. She said, no, Steve Scalise is not running. He is unanimously, unanimously elected majority leader and publicly supports Pelosi. She said, after spending the last two years in absolute disgust with the Biden Democrat agenda and the disrespectful way Nancy Pelosi runs the House, I can tell you why I'm supporting Kevin for speaker. It's an interesting case, and I think it's a pretty good case that she's made. Yeah, and, and she should be respected uh, uh, for this. And uh, I probably, you know, I mentioned I don't want to make these my, my fight. And uh, I never said publicly whom I was going to vote for, that uh -huh. sort of thing. But uh, if, if, uh, if I did it, I, I would probably just not talk to anybody and I'll just go in and cast my boat. <laughs> sometimes that is as loud as anything else. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes I always see people who mock me for voting by myself. I said, just think about it. How, how many are there? 435 people or something like that. And I'm one. So I'm equal to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they got it. People would come to me if I had voted by myself. Oh, please, we have to have it unanimous. I said, who cares? Yeah. I said, Nobody's going to look at my vote. But they, it did have a psychological effect yeah, on them yeah, yeah. because they, they did. They wanted a stamp of approval. And if a person, you know, took a disagreement, that, they didn't like that. They were always looking at that one. Well, here's someone that's coming into the House <clears throat> as a Republican member, the first openly homosexual Republican, I believe, is what I read, elected to the House but it's not gonna be smooth sailing for him. This is George Santos. And here's a New York Times piece. George Santos admits to lying about his college and work history. What do you think about this, Dr. Paul? Well, I have a risky position on this. So uh, <laughs> people have to think carefully about what I'm gonna say. Because I, uh, I have a little bit, I don't know whether it's sympathy, but tolerance of him because we know he's a liar, <laughs> he admits it. So what else do you need to know? I mean, and, if, and let the people put him in office if they want a liar. And, uh, but you know, the only thing that counts, what if it turns out, I imagine during his campaign, he said something that he's a constitutionalist. Yeah. What if he is? What if he voted 100% right? And uh, it, it, it will, those are the people that, whose lies I want to stop. Yeah. I mean, his, his lies are commonplace. They're there all the time. That's what they all do. But uh, if, if you could get the people who have lied to us about going into war and uh, all the horrible, evil things, especially in the leadership position, how, how necessary it was to go to the Middle East and remake the Middle East, how many died, people died. It's not in the thousands. It's in the millions yeah. of people who died for that 20-year war, which is still going on over there. Matter of fact, it's just got expanded a little bit. Goes on and on, and it's always for so many wonderful things. It's for our Constitution. Yeah. It's for our freedom. And uh, they argue that case, and uh, it's nothing but lying. So his, if you're going to uh, make him relative, his lies, in a way, are petty lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but don't take it that I endorse what he's doing. But I want to make the point 
the big lies are the people who are condemning him the most. Yeah. And they figure, oh, I'm now I've condemned this guy. Let's throw him out. He's a liar. <laughs> I'd like to vote out everybody in there that voted, took the oath. Just think of the people who take the oath of office. Yeah. And they don't follow it. You, you know. That's a lie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big lie. Yeah. We, well, did, don't you know about Article 1, Section 8? No, I never heard of that. Yeah. Is, is, is that in the Ten Commandments or where yeah. is it? Yeah. Exactly. Maybe they'll, make, maybe they'll make him speaker, right? <laughs> An admitted liar. Here's one thing that I did find funny about him, and a lot of people talked about this. He's got to be some kind of character. I tell you what, let's put up this next clip. Uh, this was a big thing uh, because uh, he was claiming to be Jewish on the trail, and it turns out that he's not. And he said, I never claimed to be Jewish, Mr. Santos told the Post. I'm Catholic. Because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background, I said I was Jew-ish. <laughs> this guy is, this guy is... He's a good liar. <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Well, we should move on to our next story because um, this, is, this would be in the category of, okay, Jim Jordan is going to be in there in judiciary. He's, he's pretty good, and you've said many times he's very smart, he's very dogged, uh, he gets things done. He's not perfect by a long shot, um, especially on foreign policy. But he is going in, apparently, with a strong agenda. Well, let's put this up because this came out a couple of days ago. Rasmussen reports they did a poll, a public opinion poll, and they discovered, Dr. Paul, that 63% of all the people they polled want the FBI's social media activity investigated. 63%. They have a problem. Yeah. The FBI is going to do the investigation. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know that. Of course, yeah. that's why the Congress exists. They are actually supposed to do it. But, uh, you know, uh, when they have commissions and try to figure out who did what after these assassinations and all, it, and I've always said they're either to cover up, uh, you, you know, mistakes or cover up their plans. And uh, in, in, in many ways, uh, an investigation of the FBI who will do, who will be checking up on the checker-ups, you know, yeah. the, and that's why. But there still should be an effort made. It took way too long for the people in the United States to get up into the 60% yeah. now uh, to realize that Oswald didn't kill Kennedy all by himself. The yeah. problem wasn't even involved, and, you know, the corruption that occurred there. And, and that's when we should have been talking about the FBI and the CIA back then, uh, because those were big events uh, that occur. That's where the power and the control is, is to control the FBI and the CIA, not uh, who's going to be speaker next week. I mean, uh, that's important, but it's nothing like uh, how, how, where, who, who the CIA works for. And uh, they're, they're above the pettiness of, uh, of getting elected to something. Uh, but that's what that's what's happening right now, and uh, uh, the, I, I think it's great that 63 percent. But people better re better realize that uh, there's going to have to be a very very special way of exposing it. And I think it's starting. I mean, uh, Jordan. I think Jordan's going to be good. Yeah. I think I think there's a few in there, and um, emphasizing those individuals who are tigers at exposing. That's what we need, exposure of, uh, of what's happening. And that, that is why uh, I think it's important that we have these tigers in there because they're bright and yeah. they, I, they're not fake. I don't, think, uh, I don't think we can 
find them and start kidding, kidding or, uh, about them uh, lying and making yeah. a joke of it, I think they're very serious about what they're taking, uh, take, want to take care of. Yeah. Let's put up this next clip because this is from the article from Rasmussen, and these are just the numbers that they come up with. Um, 63% of likely U.S. voters believe Congress should investigate whether the FBI was involved in censoring information on social media. Only 22% oppose such an investigation, according to the survey. Uh, even if the numbers are remotely like this, uh, you could say a, a Chairman Jordan would, would, would go in there with broad American support. And I'm thinking about this. What would a committee uh, or what would his Judiciary Committee look like uh, in investigating this? I would think the worst mistake would be to do what they did with the January 6th committee and make it all about politics, politics, politics. <clears throat> he's got a broad, he's got, he's got broad support for doing this. If, if I were him, and thankfully I'm not, I would make a real effort to make it a bipartisan oh, look into yeah. this, you know. It's a joke if, yeah. if, if they don't do yeah. that. They ought to act a little more mature. Yeah. Because I think they, uh, the committee, uh, I think it would be good if they exposed and said, here, we have 10 things that are infractions about pretending that we're a, a true hearing and exposing the truth. And, uh, and just list them, like, uh, like the opposition. The Republicans weren't involved in, in this. And, and, and also the, the, uh, the whole thing that uh, uh, the evidence, you know, if you're on the defense, you're supposed to have the evidence of what the prosecution's presenting. But they got nothing. Yeah. I mean, how about the videos? Someday those videos will come out. Yeah. But, uh, you, know, you know, they're still, but you know what? It's powerful. It's a powerful enemy. They're still begging and pleading to get the videos out on, uh, uh, you, you know, JFK's uh, assassination. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Republicans and Democrats have been there, and they all do the same thing. So that is, a, that is the issue that uh, the, the people involved in the control of people I claim are and involved in the coup. They run things. The deep state, uh, they're, they're the ones who make the decision. Congress, Congress, you know, came back and, oh, well, well, yeah, the people are waking up. We'll have to have another hearing. And then when they have that 20 or 30 years after Kennedy, and then uh, they changed the rules and said, by such and such date, you have to release the material. The material came and went. Yeah. No, uh, did it. It was whether it was a Republican or Democrat, they still won't release it because oh, it's national security. Yeah. yeah. It's your security because you know you'd be thrown out on your ear yeah. if we find out what you've really been doing. Exactly. Well, I'm going to close out, Dr. Paul, just by thanking our viewers for coming back. Uh, we were away for a week, and we were worried nobody'd be watching us. But I'm looking here at the screen, and I see many of you are watching us, and we appreciate it. I also want to thank everyone. We kind of have a frenzy because we're a 501c3 educational charity. And of course, at the end of the year, it's all about raising money because you want to get that credit for your 2022 tax forms, uh, which is understandable. Uncle Sam doesn't get your money. You can give it to a, to a cause you like. That doesn't mean you're limited to that time, but it's kind of a frenzy. So we did spend a few days feverishly writing to a lot of you who are signed up, asking you to make that contribution. I can say, Dr. Paul, that I'm very pleased because the response was tremendous. Uh, the best we've had in years in terms of the number of supporters, the number of people. And a lot of people gave $5 or $10. A lot of people gave more. But it was just great to see the number of people coming forward to help keep this show alive, to have our conferences in 2023, our projects like the Ron Paul Scholar Seminar, and many other things we have planned. That's all thanks to you. And so a lot of deep thank you 
for those of you who responded to our call uh, for tax-deductible donations, and we hope you'll continue to support us this year. Okay. Very good. I'm going to close out by refreshing our memory on an issue that we have covered thoroughly. Very early on, we questioned the whole process of dealing with COVID and the lockdown. And now a lot of people agree with the position we had and uh, still have. But um, because it's not in the news and a lot of people have been discredited, some of the doctors have recovered their reputations. But it's still an issue. It's alive and well, more so than I want it to be and more than I really expected it to be now. But I think wokeism is still epidemic and it's around the world. I don't think, oh, well, that happened in New Zealand or that happened in Australia, which it is. It, that whole ideology of wokeism, which is cultural Marxism, is very, very vicious. And it involves, uh, you know, the deep state and corporatism and all the rest, the university professors, and they're in, in, in charge. But wokeism now is still alive. Well, I have two little clips here. I just want to read the headlines on it because the epidemic is still out there, but it's an academic of the spread of wokeism. And uh, unfortunately, enough people haven't awakened enough to say enough is enough. Let's, let's quit this nonsense. Here's one, two of them from the Zero Hedge, which does a very good job in keeping many people up to date. Norwegian actress faces three years in prison for saying men can't be lesbians. Now that's, that's important. I wonder if that's on uh, the speaker's agenda to try to solve that. But I think this stuff uh, is stuff, it's junk. And sometimes even to debate it, you know, philosophically is uh, not a good idea because it's so, so extreme. It should be mocked, that's what it deserves. And the other one isn't much better. This is the British, the British woman arrested for silently praying near an abortion clinic. Now, that's, that's really brilliant, you know. But we're, we've done that stuff in this country already where they've, you know, just the cancellations. You know, you said this, how many people on the Internet get canceled? And, of course, we're hoping, our fingers crossed, that Musk is going to really, uh, you know, introduce and reintroduce the principles of uh, respect for uh, freedom of speech. Even when you say something that is controversial, this whole idea of the First Amendment, it wasn't, it wasn't made, uh, you know, just for, uh, it wasn't made just to protect uh, weather reports. Yeah. Uh, it was made to protect you to say controversial things, especially those issues where you are criticizing the government. That's what is, that's what people can't handle because they think they can control the scenario and tell them what they're allowed to complain about. Well, anyway, uh, I think it's been a great year and uh, I, will, I appreciate all the people that have supported us and uh, we're gonna be around and please come back soon to the Liberty Report.